0: All right, guys, we have a special edition of our podcast episode this week. We affectionately like to call it Pretty Witty and Britty.
1: Oh, I I have a title too.
0: Oh, boy. Today we
1: have one of my best friends on. His name is Britt Hodge, or you can call him Britty for this podcast. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you, Britt.
2: Guys, Kim, she loves me. She trusts me. I haven't won over Thibodeau yet. She's (laughs) giving me the crazy side eye. Oh, my god. I'm getting there. We're getting there. She's going to trust me one day. One day. I love their podcast. And the first time I ever heard it, their voices soothed my soul.
0: And they're good.
2: And they're good together. And they are pretty. And they are witty. And they do, in this instance, call me (laughs) pretty. about that I'm super happy to be here it's really great to see Kim's face I used to see it all the time and now I rarely see it because she um never answers her phone or texts what? but it's okay because we're in ministry school together and we learned forgiveness
1: oh my God <laughs> and someone doesn't visit me in Nashville even though I've offered millions of times
2: yeah that's true I guess it's I guess it's both of us
1: But I do miss you. And I'm so happy to have you on this podcast today.
2: I miss you too. And one more thing, Kim is my MBFF. What does that stand for?
1: Ministry BFF.
2: Yeah, ministry, best friend forever. We did ministry together. We did missions together online because COVID happened. So we had to zoom into missions. And both of us were like, we didn't know if it was going to be big, but it was amazing. The Holy Spirit showed up and did crazy things.
1: Yeah. It was. I know what you're about to say. Yeah. We had we had some great experiences together. <laughs> it really bonded us, I would say. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. Well, speaking of ministry, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today is because you started your own ministry recently and we just wanted to hear like How was that a dream in your heart that now is a reality?
2: Wow, you're diving straight in.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, A dream in my heart. I think, well, just to make a long story short, I did drugs for a long time. And then the Lord healed me in an instant, basically. It was actually an instant that took years. So it's weird to explain. Took years, but it happened in an instant. Um, He electrocuted me and made me... Find out that he was real. And so once I found out he was real, there's no way for me not to talk about him everywhere I went, everything I did, every conversation, everything I watched, everything I listened to was about Jesus. So when I would go meet people at work or in business or wherever I was at in the world, I would talk about Jesus and I would minister to people, I would pray for people, evangelism, outreach. And all the time, these people in first year would be like, Do you have a ministry? I would like to give you money uh nonprofit like tax deductible money. And I was like, no, I didn't even know what it meant at the time. But then they would give me money and say, I would give you more if you had like a tax deductible source uh, that I could send it to. So I started to research what that was all about. And first after my first year of ministry school in Texas, I called this place in Houston. And it was actually an umbrella <laughs> nonprofit And underneath this umbrella was like a thousand little nonprofits, but they all in some form or another had to answer back to the main one. And Mm -hmm. you had to pay a certain fee. It was basically like almost like a nonprofit pyramid scheme, but you're not selling anything. Um, So it didn't work out. Long story short. And uh, so I kind of let that go, but I kept doing ministry and I'm telling you probably 10 times a year. People would say, do you have a nonprofit? Do you have a nonprofit? Do you have a nonprofit? So on the back of my mind, I was always thinking of a name, probably thought of about three or four names for different nonprofits. And then through all the divine connections, I met so many amazing people in ministry and so many people that believed in me. And I kind of forgot about a nonprofit. And then um, I met this family, the King family. One of the divine encounters with the family that I met, they were called the Kings. Literally, we're still friends today. Um, I lived with them for my third year of ministry school, and the mom of the family, Catherine, is a, a basically a nonprofit attorney. She does more, but she she also specializes in nonprofits. So they kind of raised me spiritually. No, they actually they, they raised me spiritually, and so God made the nonprofit happened without me having to do anything really. He just put me in touch with probably the greatest person in Northern California. If not California for this, she's got a lot of, a lot of experience and she just happened to believe in me and love me. And I love them. And, and without them, it would not exist. My nonprofit wouldn't exist, but also if I would have strived for it, I could have got it and nothing good would have came of it. So it was like sitting on my heels, and waiting on the Lord, and he sent the right people in my life at the right time.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, you never did
0: tell us the name of the organization.
2: Oh, conveniently uh, filming right here, (laughs) called Deus Ex Machina Christian Organization. It's a long name, but I wanted a long name that I could make into letters. I was always thinking of can it make a word or something that sounds like a unique word? And so I would watch this thing called cinema sins. Um, don't watch it with your youth group, but it is, is—it is pretty funny. They just show movies. And then he goes through and is like, this is wrong. This is a scene they shot twice. Look, the cans in a different place here and just show you the sins of that particular movie. Can y'all hear that guy in the hall? okay good anyways it's pretty loud um so in this i learned what deus ex machina means so just for short the lord electrocuted me by touching my arm suddenly and i didn't even know he did things like that but it was after that that my life went in a totally different direction so it was like he came out of nowhere and saved me one night and um Deus Ex Machina is a term they use in movies for whenever something comes in that's not been introduced to the plot or in the script anywhere, comes out of nowhere and saves the day. For example, Captain Marvel at the end of Infinity Wars, she comes in and destroys Thanos' ship out of nowhere. She's called a Deus Ex Machina. And it comes from the Greek play term, meaning God from the machine, where they would like lower someone back in the day they don't have special effects so they would just lower someone out of nowhere at the end of the play and they would save the day so that's where it comes from and it means now like the definition now is a sudden power or event that saves a seemingly hopeless situation and that's what the lord did for me and that's what i do for other people and that's what i love to do is come in and you know let the light of the lord shine the power of god come into a situation especially for like drug addicts, prostitutes, people that are super lost, but also in America, uh, the person that comes to church and sits in the pew and thinks this is a relationship with God. I have a real passion to be like, hey, no, that's actually probably your parents or grandparents relationship. It's not your own. So that's what it means. The sudden power event saves a seemingly hopeless situation. Wow,
1: That's amazing. That's crazy. And um, you have a tattoo of it on your arm where God touched you, right?
2: Where the finger of God touched me. So I just commemorated that with the tattoo. Pretty fun. Long story. Um, shameless plug. I have a podcast that talks about it. Go listen to it. Link in the description below. I just made that up. <laughs> it is not my podcast, but
1: no, it will be. And your Instagram is at Demco underscore global.
2: Wow, she did her homework, y'all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i have to know my mbfs stuff
2: yeah, so pretty and witty
1: <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah that's crazy so with your ministry you're kind of saying like it it you just automatically did ministry no matter what it's not like you ever envisioned yourself to have your own ministry or what how did that play out
2: No, I was a drug addicted criminal my whole life. So in some form or fashion, my spirit knew I I wanted to make an impact. Um, And to be honest, it's a fine line between doing ministry out of a compulsion of the Holy Spirit and um, like for Demco, it kind of blurred for me in the beginning, it blurred the line of like, I just want to do ministry and people would bless me. But then once this became a thing it became like almost like a job. So it kind of sucked a little bit of the life out. That's one of the main lessons I would tell someone that's gonna start a nonprofit. If you're doing it, if you're starting a nonprofit to make a profit, it's probably not gonna be beneficial. Um, I think having a nonprofit a tax deductible status will be helpful for me someday, but I still am learning and growing and how to just administer the Holy Spirit and minister to people free of charge without wanting anything for no reason. Like right now, I work for every bit of ministry I do, except sometimes like if it's the spur of the moment trip, I'll fundraise through Demco. And also I like to put out ministry things so people know I'm actually doing stuff for Demco. It's not just something that I made up. But for the most part, I go to work and I funnel money from my physical labor into Demco. Demco then pays my gas and gets me new tires or whatever I need to do to travel all over California and share stuff. So right now, it is just a title. It is something I'm building from the ground up. But it is my own, uh, obviously. And we come from a ministry school that's already set up. There's already structure i benefited from that, but my heart is to start something of my own and to grow that from nothing into something. I've always wanted to do that. So that's what it is. It's in its infancy, and I can't really say much about nonprofits other than um, it takes work. It takes the right people. It takes a lot of questions. It's going to take a lot of your resources and a lot of your sources to make it happen, Uh, but it is worth it. Like, if you can build it up beyond yourself, that's the goal. Like, I was caught in between one of the amazing, unique names I was going to call it was Nathaniel Britt Hodge Ministries. But I asked my friend Wesley, shout out Wesley if you listen to this, like, hey, what's better? Like, Deus Ex Machina Christian Organization, call it Dimco or Nathaniel Britt Hodge Ministries. And he said, isn't the vision to grow it beyond yourself? I was like, yeah, like, And then when I was looking for the domain to purchase for the website, um, the only one that was available that wasn't weird was Dimco Global.
1: Wow.
2: Org. And so it sounded so official. It had to be the Lord. I wasn't thinking about that, but I do pray that it goes global. Um, and I do pray that it grows beyond me. And I pray that I get to hand it off to someone else, like maybe my future kids or something like that. That's the goal. I don't even know where I was going with that, but yeah.
0: That's incredible. I know you kind of already said like how you came, like how Dimco came to be, um, wasn't like you were striving for it or like it just, the Lord kind of did his thing. So what would you say to someone that's kind of in the the beginning stages of like, Hey, I have this God dream, but I don't even really know like where to start or like how to move forward. Um, so I don't know if you just have some, like, wisdom about that or something practically that you did kind of in that side of the process of being like, here, God, this is my dream and letting him do his thing with it.
2: There's different versions of people, obviously, and I'm more of the tumbleweed type. i blow whichever way the wind blows me. And I don't really argue a lot. Whatever happens, happens. I trust in the Lord. I've done a lot of crazy things in my life. There are some, I guess you would call them type A people that have to know, they have to figure it out. That type of person probably going to butt heads with the Lord. He's probably going to slow them down. They're going to be like, um, I want to know everything and I want to know right now. How do I do it? There are sources around you, probably research the laws, research with attorneys. uh, If it's a nonprofit, if it's just a regular dream. And the best thing to do is to spend an hour with the Lord every day and at least 15 of those minutes praying in tongues. All these thoughts are going to come, all these thoughts are going to gather, but you got to push them aside, keep letting go, and um, maybe it feels like nothing's happening, but I'm telling you, during those 15 minutes, some sort of revelation is going to come to you, like, talk to this person, go go to Chick-fil-A at 3 p.m., and you're going to run into somebody. I don't know. Crazy things happen when you pray in tongues. Yeah, by the way, I believe in praying in tongues and i just sprung that out <laughs> just sprung that out on the whoever listens to this but yeah spending time with the lord is key for dreams also habakkuk write down your dreams on tablets and the lord will bring them to pass can't get a dream to come true if you don't like write it down and get a vision for it i made a vision board the other day i put the globe on the back cuz i want to travel the world plan to do it this summer uh, something helps with seeing it uh, but no dream matters. No dream matters if you don't spend time with the Lord every day. Nothing. Like, you're not going to be able to stand up under the weight of any dream. And I would even pray that the Lord doesn't deliver your dream to you <laughs> till until you have, like, learned to spend time with him and strengthen yourself. Because I've tried, like, the Lord's given me dreams I had a schedule before just so I can see. Um, I'm not capable of holding this up any, but yet. I haven't strengthened myself enough yet. So that would be key for me. Spending time with the Lord. Healthy community. Um, people. Hang out with people that stretch you, that you're uncomfortable to be around also. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're always hanging around people that are on your same level, you're going to be stagnant. Got to get around these people that rub you the wrong way, stretch you. Keys. Keys that I did. I say it like it's easy, it's not. To go hang out with people that make you uncomfortable, it sucks. But it's something you have to be intentional about. So yeah. Those are some keys. I don't even know what I said, but I bet it was those are
1: some really good keys. They really are. Yeah, and I feel like something about you, Bray, is you really are so intentional. You were probably one of the most intentional people I know, like with friendships with just getting to know a random stranger around you and especially spending time with the Lord, which you're so right. Like that is how you get his desire and his dreams. And you're able to, to have peace in the waiting until you see that dream come true. You know, like if, if you're wanting it in your own timing, like you said, with the pyramid scheme ministry, like, yeah, you could do that, but is it going to be as fruitful as really watching god's hand be in every part of it you know
2: yeah sit back the lord's always blowing like the wind and if you're a tumbleweed everything comes easily i would say too that i know spending time with the lord is the answer because i've gone through periods even recently where i forsook that where i was like i'm too busy for that and i crumbled under life so quickly and so easily So nothing can really replace that time. Even if you have to be religious about it, I say it, create that habit. I put uh, some construction knee pads by my bed. So every time I come in, I know I need to at least acknowledge the Lord right now. When I wake up, when I go to sleep, anytime I come in my room, I see these knee pads. And uh, I'll always get on them, even if I don't have time for one second. I'll say, Lord, I just acknowledge you today.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But today... I may not have time to worship or pray right in that moment, but it is a constant reminder that I need to always be aware of God or else, and I say that not lightly, like, or else. In my life, it's been, or else, like, it's either I'm totally with God or I'm crumbling under the weight of something, but yeah, create a pattern with the Lord. It's maximum importance for anything. It's so
1: good so so true so tell us some of so you've started this ministry it's in its like infancy stage you have dreams of it going global but what are some like what is your vision for like the next couple years and how could someone like join your vision or be a part of it
2: man um Another way that I just blow like a tumbleweed with the Lord, like I tried to open doors for this ministry and I tried and I contacted people. I went all around town. I'm like, I graduated ministry school. This is my testimony. Here's my podcast. Listen to this. Listen to this testimony. Nothing happened at all, ever. And then finally, I was just, I let go. I could feel myself release it. I could feel myself stop looking for open doors and just release it press into the Lord. Don't even think about it. And just like that, pretty much, uh, I went on a ministry trip and met these people. And um, this, is, this is a month before I actually kicked the nonprofit off. I met them at a, on a ministry trip where I was serving someone else. I was serving another leader, uh, which you know, um, our wonderful mentor. And yeah. I met these people there. A couple months passed by, and they opened all these doors in the San Francisco area for me. So I got to take my first team down and go to a church and go to a Teen Challenge there, which is one of my favorite ministries on earth, Teen Challenge. They're just hard enough, but just soft enough. Like, they, a lot of results come in from them to help people get off drugs. And it's not just for teens. It's for adults and men, women, and they even house children. Actually, if say a parent has custody in their in-team challenge trying to get clean. So I love them. They're amazing. And so a lot of doors opened in that way whenever I took my hands off of it. So that's what I do. I'll travel to the Bay Area. I speak at churches. My favorite thing, I think, like my heart burns for equipping the saints. I always say never waste a moment to equip the saints. Uh, like anything is a ministry opportunity. If I go to a church, I'm I'm using my testimony to get in the door. I used to be a drug addict, whatever, whatever, sad, tragedy, glorifying, amazing thing, wonderful end. I used that to get in the door, but really I'm in that church stirred up to be like, hey, church shouldn't be a place where you come fall asleep in the pew um, just to check it off the list. Like I went to church today. Shouldn't be a habit like that. You should actually come and minister God's word to this drug addict over here, this prostitute over there this single mom over there this orphan over there and kind of without overtly shoving like protocol in their face be like this is it ask if you can lay hands on them ask if you can pray for them and when I leave hopefully they've been inspired in some way to know that they're not just there to listen they're actually on earth to bring the kingdom of God so that's what I do when I go into churches like I said drug addicts prostitutes but a a huge heart for the, like, I don't know if disaffected is the right word, but the the stagnant religious Christian who really profanes the name of the Lord, like, hey, I'm a Christian, but like I used to be, and then I go out and do cocaine and get drunk, but Jesus loves you, let's go party. Um, I know I'm going on a rabbit trail here, but these are my things, Teen Challenge, churches, I'm just wherever anyone opens the door and allows me to come in. Today, we went to Teen Challenge, it was amazing. Tuesday I got to go. It's nearby Reading. So I took oh. a team, and we went to Teen Challenge. And there's not that there's like a handful of girls there, maybe eight. Two of them though got born again. Wow. And that was on Tuesday. When we went back today, they looked so different. Their appearance had totally changed, like in a significant way. Obviously, you can tell this is still the same person. I'm not saying that they had a magical transformation, but they had light in their face, their hair was. Brush, they just look beautiful like the transformative power of the Lord in four days so crazy that's what I have a passion for so we let we taught them how to hear the voice of the Lord and everything and it's not work like I I would work for the rest of my life for these types of opportunities that's really what a ministry should be like in a way um tax deductible status can muzzle you if you're not careful There's some things you can't say as a church, especially in California, um, if you have tax deductible status. So I often I find myself thinking, you know, I can't let this muzzle me. If it ever comes to the point where I'm not speaking the truth of God as well as I know how in this moment, then I would have to forsake the tax deductible thing because God's word is much more important than getting tax free donations or whatnot. So yeah. Yeah, that's my passion. That's my heart. That's my spiel. see Thibodeau up here laughing at me.
0: Oh, laughing. That's so good.
2: She's laughing with me, actually.
0: I was going to say, I mean, I feel like obviously I don't know you that well, but what I do know of you, you're always like cracking a joke, which is great. I love that. But I'm like, I feel like that was beautifully articulated. Oh, thank you. And I'm just super impressed because I feel like I've never heard you be like that before.
2: Intimacy scares me. What can I say? <laughs> on that, oh, with more wow. intimacy and vulnerability, I mask a lot of my past traumas with humor. Full disclosure um, on your podcast
0: might drop. <laughs> well, this um, is a good, this is a good look for you. I like it.
2: Thank you. I'm gonna do it more then.
0: <laughs> you should, and
1: you are one of the most witty people I know. You're pretty. You're like you're faster than anyone I know with your wit
2: oh nice I'm, <laughs> I mean,
1: pretty. I'm pretty and witty you know that's a true compliment
2: that is uh make me a belt buckle please
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man well what thanks so much for sharing yeah. your story for telling us like how people can hear about your ministry how they can sew into what you're doing um, you're always welcome to come to Nashville. You're always welcome to come wherever Elena goes. I'm sure. <laughs> so. oh, she gave
2: me the side eye again.
0: <laughs> no, that was more to do. Cause I was like, oh yeah, we have an episode about that coming yeah. out this week. She's so moving. Yeah.
2: Um, shameless plug. What's it called?
0: Shameless plug. Uh, What's it called? Where yeah, you said you
2: have a podcast coming about this week. What is it?
0: Oh, just about my potential new life transition that's happening, hopefully in the spring. To Nashville? No, but that's, everyone assumes that, but Kim tried real hard, but the Lord said, no, girl.
2: Is it a surprise or what? You can't tell us?
0: Not until our episode's released.
2: Hey, let me just teach you something. A shameless plug is when you subtly bring up your future, your the product projects you're working on, like. Yeah, so I'll tell you where I'm going next week in Pretty and Witty at 5 p.m. <laughs> the Shameless plug. Well,
0: I was going to say, technically, I could tell you because the episode will be out before this one's aired. So by this time this one's aired, everyone will already know the secret.
2: Tell me. Don't send me out like this.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping to move to Chicago.
2: Oh, what? I
0: don't know. Crazy. It's cold there. I know. I was like, I'm going to, this little Texan's going to freeze, but the Lord is with me. So.
2: You know what? That's okay because I'll I'll bring Texasism to California. You take it to Illinois. Kim, take it to Tennessee, even though Tennessee, you know, pretty close. Probably second, third, fourth best state. Texas, (laughs) however, number one. By the way, I live in California. Texas is the best state. Just want to (laughs) say.
1: It's one degree. We are all Texans on here. That's funny.
2: The triune perfection. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's go. Yeah, uh,
2: super fun. Actually, thank you both. Um, someday when I start my podcast back, I'll have Pretty and Witty on Jimco <laughs> Global's podcast, which is available on. Oh, I'm just kidding. I was gonna make a shame.
1: Spotify, Anchor, hmm, Apple Podcast.
2: That. It is Don't on
1: the
2: formerly known as the Good Christian Podcast.
1: Yeah, he has some <laughs> amazing guests too. Like I love listening to all your like unique people that you interview
2: yeah the best one though is I did drugs for a long time and I interviewed my mom we had never communicated about all the trauma I caused my family we just did it all on a podcast once and it was That's the smart. lord's idea and I got so much amazing back from that so if you don't yeah. listen to anything listen to my mom's podcast it's like the second and third one down um, I have dimcoglobal.org website. It's under construction. It's not perfect. I have the good Christian Texas on Instagram, demco underscore global on Instagram. Find me, holler at me. If you know any teen challenges or any people that need ministry, let me know. It'll be fun and enjoyable and also very intimate and serious at times for typical sake.
0: Hey, whatever
1: works. Oh, my gosh. Well, we love you, Britt. Thanks for being part of Pretty, Witty, and Britty this episode. Um, We'll see you guys next time. Okay. Love you all, too.